As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your latest edition of Red Men Weekly. My name's Dan Club, and I'm here to guide you through a whistle-stop tour of our content on Red Men Plus this week. And to begin with, Paul Machian sat down with journo Neil Jones for our Journo Insight show, and they spoke about the options for Liverpool's midfield as Fabinho and Jordan Henderson look to head to Saudi Arabia. The list was Sofiane Amrabat, Calvin Phillips, Romeo Lavia, uh, and Ryan Gravenberch. Um... First off, how do you think that list has come about? Yeah, I mean, obviously they've all been sort of loosely linked with Liverpool, haven't in the past? I remember Amrabat was quite fiercely linked during the World Cup, which I always felt was a bit coincidental just because he was sort of prominent at the time. Yeah. Callum Phillips was linked, I think it was the Daily Star, I've done a, a story on him maybe May time that he, that he was on there. So he's, he's been bubbling away in the back. And Lavier, obviously, and Gravenberg have been quite, you know, well trailed as Liverpool target. I think the fascinating thing about it is just how different they sort of are. You know, yeah. they're all they're all centre midfielders, but you know, you've got a twenty six year old Calvin Phillips, I think twenty seven, twenty eight. You've got two younger lads. But you've got players who Phillips and Gravenberg who don't play regularly for their clubs. You've got Lavier who you know has been, been relegated to a lesser team and is wanted by others. You've got Amrabat who's you know a regular, but. A, a different type of player to the others in in the sense of he's he's very much a a destroyer. That's you know a, a, we saw him at the World Cup, didn't we? For um for Morocco, we've seen him for Fiorentina in the latter stages of the the Conference League, where he's you know he's he's a real he's a a defensive midfielder, isn't he? Yeah. You know the others are a little bit more progressive and you know different types. So I think I think there'll be more on that list as well. I know well, I know there are more on that list. So. I, I think the, the fascinating thing from now is what are Liverpool after in the sense of are they going to get a Fabinho? Are they going to get two replacements? Are they going to get a younger one and an experienced one? Are they going to get someone who plays a different way and just change the style a little bit and be a bit different? What does it mean for Trent? I think he, I think, I think Trent's a central figure in, in this. The two most fascinating aspects of it, I think, are actually Trent and Lavia mm. in the sense of if you think Lavia could develop into Fabinho's longer term replacement, can he do it now? Can you can yeah. you can you just gamble on him and say, Come on, swim, 
just just do it. I mean, it'd be huge, huge risk. I, I, I've I've been skeptical of the deal for that reason. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but if you think it, if you're skeptical of that when it looks like he's coming in as Fabinho's understudy, you, the skepticism can't be less when you can't, think he's the main. But man. there's a reason Liverpool, Arsenal, and Chelsea all want him. They must think he's got that potential. So, just I mean, there's two aspects to it. One, can he do it now? Potentially with with maybe with you know, let's say you've got Alexis McAllister who can play in there a little bit with a two. You've got Trent, obviously. You've got Pichetti's sort of development. You know, it's not ideal. None of them, none of that's ideal. But it can work. Maybe Henderson stays, and you've got that experience that you can build around. You've still got Thiago potentially. You can sort of play in a two in there. The other one is you. He might be gone this summer, so you 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 might your longer term option might go this summer as well. So you sort of you end up with the worst of both worlds. You end up with a sort of a stopgap sign, and and you don't even get the one that you want as well. So I'm fascinated to see what Liverpool do with with Lavia. Whether whether they go okay, we'll we'll go a bit higher, or we'll we'll just that's it. And I think with Trent, just, you have to you have to open the door to the possibility that Liverpool say. You're you're out, you're gonna have to go in there. You're yeah. like not gonna have to against his will. I think he quite liked to. <laughs> yeah, but you know, okay, we're all in on that that idea. Let, let's let's commit to that idea for for the for the foreseeable. And and but then that opens up to well, who's playing there? Then who's yeah. playing at right back? Well, there's there's clearly there's clearly options and there's clearly things. But for me, they all feel like in ideal solutions yeah. to the problem. There's not one person on that list that we we've, we've named who you go, oh, there's Fabinho 2.0. No. You know, there's nothing, if we're looking to do the same thing, and Liverpool have, as much as they might be modifying the system or certain did at the back end of the season, which you need new understanding around that, they've also effectively replaced Roberto Firmino with a guy who looks like he's going to do a Roberto Firmino impression and yeah, yeah. Gap up front, etc. Et and there have been other examples of that. None of these guys seem like that straight, fix or replacement every one of them has got a question mark over them yeah and this is what i guess that what liverpool have got now this is creative for me anyway this is the iceberg and we saw this when suarez left you know the, the inability to go and get an adequate yeah, made yeah. ready-made replacement absolutely undid what liverpool were trying to do now they've got time and that and theoretically they've got a bit more money to solve the problem but it is. It's now become a problem that they need. They absolutely need to solve. Yeah, I think the one saving grace in it, in in the sense, is obviously they got a good look at what it looks like when Fabinho isn't there, and he and he was there when he wasn't there. If you know what I mean. So they they got it when he was out of form and out of sorts. They got a look at what impact that had on the team, and so they've they've taken steps obviously already. And we've seen it tactically, didn't we? But we saw it mid-season where they just changed personnel. Fabinho and Henderson would would would, would drop for a few weeks when Dean Bajetic came in. Um, so they've they've sort of had a little look at what they might be able to do. So I think maybe two seasons ago, it rips almost everything out of the team when 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 Fabinho isn't available or isn't you know wasn't there. I think it's a little bit less pronounced now. It's still still significant. But I think Liverpool are sort of a little bit more, I'll say prepared, but they, they've got a few more options and they're a bit more flexible in the way that they can do it. And that might benefit them when this sort of comes. It, it, they might not need to sort of, it sounds like a terrible thing to say, you might not need to get that good a player 
as you as you maybe once did to replace Fabinho. You, you might be able to get a functional player, you know, like an Amrabat. Yeah. I think Amrabat's quite a... He's a good player, obviously. He's I think, fit and he's the yeah, right, he's senior age. I think he's, a, he, you know, he's a sort of a... He's very much a, a team a team player, isn't he, rather than a, a sort of a, a ceiling raiser of the team. He, you know, he, he more just sort of does a role for you. So you might be able to do that in that he's way. He's also, sorry, to, to, to think he's, a, he's a Man United target as well. Which yeah. is a, which West is a, Ham as well. I, th- mm. I, I saw, obviously, West Ham cash rich with, with, with having sold their own perfect Liverpool holding the field. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly. Um, so, yeah, there's obviously that going on. He, like you say, he's fit, he's strong, he's a, he's a a really good defensive uh, player, so you might be able to, to to do that and not feel the, the difference with Fabinho, or you might be able to to just redesign the sort of way your team plays and have a couple, of, you know, have a passer in there, you know, someone who's, who's got a range of passing or someone who's a, who carries the ball forward from deep and and, and does plays a different kind of way, a bit more Lavia sort of, you know, he's not the same as Fabinho, you know, he plays in a similar position, but he's not the same type of player, so. I do think that while it is a big disruption to Liverpool's plans, and they weren't they weren't in any way, shape, or form sort of open to the idea of Fabinho leaving, you know, at the start of the summer. I think it's a little bit easier to swallow after the season he's just had, and and the fact that they maybe they put other parts in place to to negate the sort of the the damage that it can do if. One player is out of form and out of sorts. They sort of they've obviously made a lot of work to to make sure that that doesn't disrupt everything. Um, so that might that might benefit them in this. But it's a you know it's only a might. There's a lot of mites in this uh, in this whole story. The big yeah, this is the thing. It, it, you know, you're looking at a lad who st- was going to start the season. Oh, he was percent And when you're buying a you're buying a someone who's going to train under him and, and play half the games underneath him, I think the, your window you. <laughs> You, you, you're shooting closer to goal. It's more of it. It's far easier to get that player yeah. than it is to get the guy who's got to come in and hit the ground. And you know we're in a situation where I think that makes it even harder for to start the season with Sobberslie and McAllister because I don't they have to hit the ground running yeah. in pre-season in a huge way to be trusted a brand new three-man midfield <laughs> in game one. Absolutely, and it wasn't the case, was it? You know, you think about when Fabinho came in, that didn't happen, did it? You know, he he had to wait his turn. And I also think it does show you a little bit. I won't use the word spoiled, but maybe under under sort of under recognised, just how good a player Fabinho is, and how few of them there are out there. And you know, you look at now, it's daunting when I look at the, the top of the Premier League and the central midfielders, and you go, oh, "Wow, like there's not many, are there? You know, there are not many sort of elite central midfielders that you can just go in." Arsenal have just got Declan Rice, United got Casemiro, different ends of the spectrum. City have got Rodri, probably the best in the world in that position. Chelsea spends hundred million on Enzo Fernandez, and then apart from those and maybe four or five others, you know, usually Real Madrid, you're sort of looking and going. Everyone just looks like a step down, doesn't he? Everyone looks like a sort of a. It's, it's musical chairs, him. but no one told Liverpool that we were playing musical chairs until <laughs> everyone was was almost sat down. And you know, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, what's left? And this is my about the iceberg thing. This is how you end up with Balotelli or Eto conversations. Yeah. You know, where you, you who's who's left on the market? Is how you end who's, up with who's the, least, who's the least sort of um, imperfect? Is, yeah. is the sort of is the is the worry, isn't it? Exactly. Now, obviously. I can I can almost hear people in the Discord shouting Moises Casado's name. Yes, 
I think I think the time and just killed Liverpool on this. I honestly, I honestly think if if this was trailed for months and months, I think Liverpool you know, they had to have been in that mix and come on, can we get him? I think it's gone too far. It looks like he's gone to Chelsea. So they've all they've almost you know they've they've lost a, another potential target there. Though I mean, I I think I think if you'd have said to people Fabinho goes and Caicedo comes in. Any any time in the last sort of six six months, I think people would say do it. But Fabinho's going at a time when Caicedo's going somewhere else, and that's it, it's just it it's imperfect, obviously. And not only that, strengthens arrival as well. Can I just then move on because you you said yeah. earlier, you know, you're certain that there's other names yeah. on that list. Thanks to the brilliant Neil Jones and, of course, Paul Machin there. And next up, we're going to take a look from our Bias Transfer podcast, where myself, Chris, Paul and Chloe also had a look at the options available to Liverpool after they were named by Melissa Reddy. And I think it's safe to say that we weren't exactly overly excited about them. In isolation again, I've actually got no vast problem with any of the names linked. That, look, to varying degrees. I have. Yeah, same. Um... I'll come and sit there. But by by but my general sense of the underwhelming thing is that not one of them is as good as Fabinho, even in his worst season. Mm. I think his worst season, and bear in mind I'm about to have the season of his life last year. I would rather keep Fabinho and have an unhappy Fabinho and be out 40 million quid than get any of those guys to be a stay one starter for Liverpool and that issue is only exacerbated further if Jordan Henderson's not at the football club because if you are you telling me that our starting DM from game one of the season against Chelsea at Stamford mm. Bridge is either a uh, a fat lad who's only played three games for City <laughs> last season. Um, not my words, by the way, the words of Pep Guardiola, sort of. Um, Sofian Amrabat, who had a good World Cup, but otherwise, as you know, is a Fiorentina Conference League footballer. <laughs> Romeo Lavia, who is a 19-year-old child who's played about four minutes more than Stefan Bacetic. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Gravenberch, who got his big move to Bayern Munich and sat on the bench all season. Yeah, and um, is the six. Uh, yeah. If you're telling me any of those is starting game one for Liverpool, then we have made our team worse by selling Fabinho at any cost and replacing them with any of those lads. Discuss. Discuss. Can I just retweet? (laughs) 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 Quote tweet this. (laughs) Anyone? That's that? Yeah. It's it's the miles off it. For for various different reasons, Calvin Phillips is just a no-no. Like, completely Can we just discuss the Calvin Phillips thing, by the way? Go on. What's he got going for him? English, that's it. That's it. I don't get it. (laughs) Played no footy, injury problems... He was, he was very good prior to signing for Manchester. I don't think he was that good. Yeah, yeah. He had a good four games. He's older than everyone thinks. He's like 27. Everyone thinks he's 21 for some reason. It's, yeah. no, it's not him. It's never been him. Can't be. No. Yeah. He was next. Is no one so no one's going to make even a slightest positive he's a, he's, a right off. he's a write-off. That's not even... Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no, I've got nothing else for him. That's mad, that. Don't like it at all. He's shite. Exactly. Bit like, yeah. He's not warm. He's shite. He's shite. No. Didn't he want to go to United as well? Like, he's... desperately at one point. He is. No, there is a right. little thing where, like, he was. I know he's had injury problems, and that's obviously. We, we know what that looks like. You can't necessarily write a football player off in their ability level because of injury problems. But, like, 
Man City have got Rodri and he's not coming anywhere close to touching Rodri and Rodri's the level for me. Yeah. Like yeah. Fabinho was the level and Man City went, shit, we need to go and get our own Fabinho and they bought a Rodri and Fabinho was better than Rodri and now finally Rodri's overtaken mm. him, you know, which is yeah. which was which is what happens. Um I, I would have felt I wouldn't feel comfortable with Kevin Phillips above Pajesic. And that's not where we can be. That that can't be us. I think if yeah, you've got, I, I think agree. there's a mad world where you pick him up for like fifteen to twenty no. million, right? Just to talk, talk and say, because I'm talking about this, you can't buy you can't buy replacement players, and you know you can't buy squad players. Yeah. He's a rare example of that. I think I think he would be a perfectly adequate squad player for Liverpool. But again, to the point. He'd be sound for Tramir as well. <laughs> He'd be the best player ever to play for Tramir for no, football player. Aldridge. It's yeah. it's also funny that you think that he in any world that that lad's worth fifteen to twenty mil. What did City pay for him? Fifty, and City will literally turn around and go sixty. <laughs> City have no interest in either, have they? No, they don't, but this is what City do, they and they end up getting it. No, they it's going to be there at 45, filling the English quota for yeah. Man City. I'm a little concerned, having slaughtered Arsenal last season, for saying, how do you expect to catch Manchester City when all you buy is their rejects? Mm-hmm. And then us to go, right, come on, let's catch Man City, Calvin Phillips. Maybe get on the treadmill a little bit um, before then, but yeah. I, It'd yeah. be fresh, though, so, I suppose. That's, that's the one advantage. Yeah, it's not not it's a lot of minutes in the legs in the last 12 months. <laughs> he hasn't had a lot of minutes for, for years, by the way. <laughs> just to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't done a Fabinho minutes level season since the championship. Like he had, he's had injury problems since, since then. So he's not done a full uninterrupted season in the Premier League. Sounds like he'll probably be a target. That's what we do. Just saying. So Naby was injured again at the weekend. Yeah, in the warm-up. Wonderful for him, though. How was he doing it? Sofian Amrabat? No. Better than Calvin. He's a good player. He's not at the level that we need. He's also about 27, though. He's 26, I think. 26 going 27. Out of the four... If it is just that four, and I don't want it to just be that four, obviously he would be the one. Because he's the one to me who feels like the most similar to Fabinho stylistically. He's the one who... <laughs> Tall and bald. Yeah, a little bit of that. But he's the one who's sort of a bit plug and play, comes in, does a job, a bit of a stopgap for a season, two seasons, whatever it may be, whilst you either sort of allow Romeo Lavia, Pachesic to watch and learn and grow and be that understudy, or... You go and get the one that you really want next summer's time, for instance. I think Sofan Amibax, he'd be cheap enough, like 30 million, something like that. He'd be the one you could sort of say, okay, not ideal. This isn't an ideal scenario, but go on there, go and do a job. Yeah. I, I think if you pair him with Lavia signing, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it, it is just the short term solution. But you actually probably are covering the two years that you maybe wanted to keep Fabinho for. Yeah. Yeah. That feels reasonable to me. He's not as good as Fabinho. He's just not as good at football. Mm. He's, he's a much more. He's, he's more of a destroyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's much more. He'll stop. He'll stop things happening. And I don't. I don't mind that. I don't like. I quite like the idea. I think we, we're lacking that. Actually, someone who aggressively wants the football mm. uh, or wants to do the, do the team not to have it more over. Um, but yeah, he's. Again, it's underwhelming, isn't it? It's. It's a. I don't think we'll buy a player from that list to be our day one starter. I hope not. Lavia. We've said it a lot, I guess. Nothing really different to be had. 19 years old. Yeah. Fine in a world for me where you've still got Fabinho. Yeah. 
if you think that selling Fabinho just means we push the button on Lavia and that's it, job done, I'm really worried about it. I think before the Hendo and Fabinho news, I think Liverpool thought they could get him for less than 50 million quid. Post the Hendo and Fabinho news, I don't think you can get him for less than 50 million quid. Because you've just had your coffers filled up and Mm. all your bargaining position has gone out the window with with them two sales. Well, I wonder whether we'll sort of draw back from that signing anyway, not just from a monetary sense, but I wonder whether what we want to do has changed. And if we do want to push the button on the elite £80 million plus player, then you can't go and get Lavia as well. So I wonder whether because of what's happened, our plans have moved away from Lavia, not just money. I think it, it, the only way we go and get Lavia is probably if we do get another one off that list, i.e. and I'm about, because as you alluded to there, I think an Amrabat plus a Lavia is kind of covering both bases and I'm just about okay with that. But Alavia alone just can't be your six going into the new season. We're miles off it. We're absolutely downgrading what we were doing. Yep, big concern. The Ryan Gambit still falls into a very similar sort of camp. Is that again, he feel that he would have been a great third piece of business in a settled squad yeah. mm. where you've got someone there. And the same with Lavia, it's like someone who comes in and there's just no pressure on him to be amazing from minute one of the football team. You can develop him, you can see how he fits, you can mould him to the shape you want him to be in. And Kevin Tehran was a bit like that as well. Um, a luxury project. Sobers lies a first teamer. McAllister's a first teamer. You don't need this is this is a five days ago. You don't need a DM because you've got a 29 year old experienced DM. You still got still got something left in the tank with Hendo and Thiago's understudies. That's fine. If you don't if you don't even buy one in the summer, you could limp through with the another season, I think, without having to solve that problem while the market develops, if you had to. Um and these signings all feel I mean Amrabat's just a He's just there, isn't he? He's just a he's just a, a senior football option. Phillips feels like not an option. Just <laughs> joining the dots together makes sense on the Calvin Phillips stuff. Maybe Liverpool looked at him a couple of years ago, and that's why he remains on a on a list. And Gravenberch just yeah, he's just he he's the one I would I would most want us to sign him out of those four in general. Yeah, but again, yeah, what's I- the what's the mantra? Not as a day one. I was going to say shite. No, no Gravenberch isn't shite, of course. Yeah. Like he's, a, he's a very good player. Um, I don't think we could have got him as a third option, to be honest, because I think the one thing he wants is first guaranteed yeah. first team football. That might have actually opened the door now with Fabinho moving, and that might make it a little bit easier to sign someone like him. Don't see him as the right fit. Don't see him as the right ty- type of DM at all. I actually, you know, I actually really think, and I mentioned this off off the cuff a couple of weeks ago about. You know, a centre half who could step up into the midfield and leave Trent in that position. That's probably where I'd go now. Instead of an out an out DM, I'd be looking at that centre half who can do it and step up just like John Stones. So you just leave Trent Alexander Arnold sat there all the time and you just leave him in the centre of the pitch and let him get on with it. Because I think that's just it. That just solves a couple of problems all at once. It means you don't need that backup right back, which I think you still need now anyway, if he's the one that's moving. It solves your defensive midfielder, it solves your centre-back problem, and it's almost one guy, and then you've got a couple of guys that you probably get into back them up. Do you want Trent playing in DM, though? Well, it depends, It depends, doesn't it? Because he can do it at right-back, and he's done it against the best wingers in the world. So, and I, No, sorry, no, I, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, sorry, I need to be more clear than that. I mean, he's technically he's playing alongside the DM. In this formation, but actually, he's afforded so much opportunity to get forward from there. You know, he, he's he's more advanced than Fabinho plays on the other side, and it's are you actually limiting Trent by just making him 
the DM because that's actually of all those positions, it's the one that sits the, the deepest. But he's he's still got to get to the right back position. So whenever he attacks, he's still got to think about getting all the way back. All I'm saying is you don't need to get all the way back. Yeah, but you don't get as far forward. I think he could. I think he could. Um, and that, that's obviously dependent on how you shift your formation, what the other centre-halves do and all that yeah. type of stuff. It has to change. But I just feel like that one signing could nullify having to make three. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? There is a, there's a diddle in here somewhere, isn't there? I think I wonder whether Pep and Jürgen are kind of sat overlooking a lake somewhere with a notepad in hand, kind of going, well, what if we try this? Is there some way we can just shuffle the pack a little bit and give ourselves another... Angle of approach, I think that's that's definitely one of them. Um, the other, as I said earlier, is McAllister played alongside Casado. Mm. Could McAllister play alongside Trent Alexander Arnold? You'd need a right back to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But then you'd at least have probably Sobersly central. Um, McAllister's already alongside Trent Alexander Arnold. You got your Sally, you got your Diaz, Elliot. you got your your Gakpo or your Nunes up front. Yeah. You'd need a starting right back to be able to do that. And this is where it comes back to the formation stuff for me. Is like. It would be much easier if we knew exactly what Liverpool were going to do. And the signing tells you what Liverpool are going to do, mm. I think, moving forward. The first signing that we make. We, if you remember, this happened with the Coutinho summer as well, totally differently. But I was convinced that our formation plan that season, we were going to copy Manchester City and we were going to see Coutinho and Lallana in behind. And then the week before the season started, Lallana got injured and we got a bid from Barcelona for Coutinho. And it totally and utterly changed Liverpool's outlook on what they were going to do. Mm. And we never really got to see that we just modified the plan and we roll and we roll with it and that's, that's the thing we we were already uncertain about what we were going to do we'll ne- we might never know we might never get to see the plan that was put, getting put in action up until friday might now just be sat in a curled up in a waste paper bin somewhere and now they're moving on to the onto the next thing but the the fact remains is that the, the next player they need to buy needs to be a first team a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Team ready football. Yeah, so as I said, I don't think we're overly, overly over the moon about those possible signings to replace Fabinho, but let's just see what happens. And there's been a few more names added to that potential list as well in the recent days. And I spoke to Ian Doyle from Liverpool Echo about them and just who he thought could be the ideal candidate. You can't really have somebody coming in who was sort of earmarked as the understudy who's going to come in and learn on the job. You do almost need that plug-and-play Fabinho replacement now, and that feels to me like the alteration in the strategy anyway. And as you also said, Ian, like we're going to be well-versed on some of the midfielders that are knocking around in Europe and indeed world football because God only knows we've needed one for a while. So I wanted to touch on first the... The four names that have been sort of most banded about over the recent days, I mean, James Pierce and Melissa Reddy both mentioned the same four. It was Romeo Lavier, who obviously we know a lot about. Ryan Gravenberch, you mentioned there. Calvin Phillips was an interesting addition to this. And Sofran Amrabat, who obviously had a wonderful World Cup, was the talk of the town, essentially, in January, but didn't move anywhere and seems to remain on the radar anyway. Is there, are those four names, do they lend themselves what you were saying there about getting in a sort of ready-made replacement and also perhaps signing the future one as well? Now, I think certainly with Lavia and Gravenberch, they've obviously followed Gravenberch for a few years and they really like Lavia. So if this ended up signing <clears throat> either of those two, if you go back to the old plan or the initial plan, would quite clearly have been, I think they, 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 they want to sign Lavia, basically. They want to sign him. And then they just go, right, you can go into the squad, you're going to play some games, this, that and the other, and you can be the long-term replacement for Fabinho. And they think they get that sorted. But as we said before, now they're going to have to look and see whether they might need a, a more instant uh, instant fix for the position. Especially, And also the other complication on top of this is, I know we mentioned it before, but say the, the offer actually comes in for Henderson, then they'll definitely need to buy two. And in some ways that might help them. Then they can justify, well, actually, yeah, we can get one for now, we can get one for later and getting them both in. And what possibly would have been their transfer plan for midfield over the next three transfer windows has ended up over happening in one. Mm. But, you know, they have to be, you, you know, as, as much as you like being proactive in the transfer market, you've also got to be reactive as well. And I think Liverpool are finding that out now because the Saudi interest from Saudi Arabia is just, you know, that it's, it's affecting not just them, but quite a, a number of other squads. Uh, going back to the other two names, both Phillips and Amrabat have been linked in the past and both times Liverpool have distanced themselves from it. I do think, can't see any of them signing for Liverpool, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think Amrabat had a good World Cup, got a good engine, but never sign anybody on the back of a good World Cup, ever. Never do that. I know Liverpool signed Cody Gakpo after a World Cup, but they didn't sign him on the back of it. You know, they've obviously been looking at it for a while. Um, different with Amrabat. Mm. And Calvin Phillips, who I actually think is a good player, and if he'd been at Leeds and wasn't injured, I'd say definitely sign him. But he's spent so much time injured in the past 12, 18 months. And why on earth would Man City sell to Liverpool? So there's complications with them. There's a couple of other names as well. There's that Palinia at Fulham. He's 28. And I know Fulham rejected 45 million. But if you think, Liverpool think that he's going to be better than Fabinho will be this coming season, and the following season after that, and you could possibly get in for 60, then you go, well, actually, yeah, we'll do that. That's the decision they're going to have to make. Because otherwise, you may as well not sell Fabinho and just keep him mm. because you're creating a problem that you don't need to create. And that's something that I think people aren't really considering. If Liverpool do sell Fabinho, they're absolutely convinced they're going to sign somebody 
else coming in who's going to play. And that's the other thing we can take from it. And there's a lad at uh, Crystal Palace, the name got mentioned yesterday, Czech Decore. Mm-hmm. And it, let's, let's put it this way. I'm pretty sure he's one of the players that Liverpool are looking at. But he's interesting because he's not young, young, like 19 or 21. He's not old, old. Like, well, I wouldn't say old, 28, but certainly older for a, an FSG signer, shall we say. They don't really sign players over 25. 23. He's had a year in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. He would cost, I think... Palace spent 21 million on him, and the way things are just going, I think it'd probably be 55, 60. But again, if Liverpool think he can be better than Fabinho straight away, and if also he's a lot younger than Palinha, he could be somebody that they're looking at. But as I say, Liverpool are looking at an awful lot of players, so nearly every player you see get mentioned is like, well, possibly, you know, because they they have to. It's as simple as that. It's it's, it's you know, I'm not saying beggars can't be choosers, but they have to. Look at everything. And I wrote a piece yesterday saying that, you know, York Schmadke is in a bit of a difficult situation because he might have to look outside the normal FSG remit. I think since Shakiri signed in 2018, they've only had one outfield player. They've signed who's over 25. That was Thiago. He was CE. And you'd, you'd argue that he was the kind of icing on the cake, cherry on the top. Not a luxury mm. player, but he was somebody no. he didn't need, but it's somebody that would, would be able to do a job and has done when he's been fit. Um, but this is different. They need they might need to go outside the profile to get somebody in who a necessity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the Tiago one, for me, it always felt like that old saying, you can't look a gift horse in the mouth. And when you get somebody of the quality of Tiago sort of offered to you on a plate for the kind of price you were talking about, it just felt like an opportunity you couldn't really pass up on. And clearly Liverpool felt the same. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned the Corvée there and also Paulinho as well. There at they're different ages, essentially. They're in different age profiles entirely. In terms of your preference, I guess, or your opinion on it, where would you sort of sit on that? Because Liverpool could go and sign sort of a, a one-slash-two-season stopgap, or they could go and sign a 23-year-old who could do it for the next five, six, seven years. Where would you sort of sit on that? Because I suppose in both instances, you'd still need the understudy. You still might need the Romeo Lavia or the Ryan Gravenberg to sort of to give this other person rest, I guess. So what would you like to see Liverpool go and do? Is it a Paulinho or even an Amber Bat for a season or two? Or is it someone like a Decore? Problem you've got there is don't forget they got Bashketic mm. and he's and he's obviously a youngster who they really like and you you know the, the Liverpool fans have got the benefit of having seen him play and he obviously he knocked Fabinho out the team back in January and February so that tells you kind of the, the the potential that he's got and what he can achieve so they don't want to block his path so I can't see them signing someone like the 23 year old Decore and Lavia okay. because that would just block yeah completely so they do have a decision to make on that it'd be made as i said before it'd be made a lot easier for, okay i'm not saying henderson should go but it would be made easy for them in their minds if henderson goes because then they need two players right we can crack on with this and they can justify getting in a younger one or an older one because tiago you know he's not going to play a lot i know he's a different slightly different position in defensive and he's not a defensive midfielder but with milner having gone kate and oxlade chamberlain who whether what they did on the pitch or not is almost irrelevant to the impact they've got around the place and the experience that they've got, which they've obviously imparted on a lot of other players. If you're losing Fabinho, which it looks like they are, and possibly mm-hmm. Henderson, suddenly it's like, hang on, five of our most five five oh five most experienced midfielders have all gone. Like who's passing on the knowledge? Because they've all played Liverpool under Klopp for years in that midfield. And I know there's players like Curtis Jones, who who I suspect is going to have a really good season. He can, but he's only 22. 
I'll be in it, it's only 20. Uh, and the two new lads, the, you know, they're, they're just still trying to you know, learn the first names about the players about <laughs> Germany. So, uh, you know, we uh, that's the situation Liverpool are in. So it's going to be interesting, as you say, Saudi, the Saudi Arabian clubs not come in for any of the players. Liverpool, the only debate they'd be having now is, well, when do we try and sign Lavia or Grandma? Should we try and sign them now or do we try to put a deal in now? It's like, oh, no, we've what's going to happen now. It's not just Liverpool, but I do think given the way that Liverpool operates and we know quite well that they've not been able to spend as much on players because they're not in the Champions League. That's, that's, that's fair enough. We know they missed out on Bellingham. Um, I don't care what anyone says, they're definitely worrying for Bellingham and I think they thought they were going to sign him until obviously Liverpool went rubbish and he went, no thanks. Um, and to be fair, you can blame him. Um, and I, that's why I look at things like I know that uh, the lad at Benfica, Louise, has been yeah. Florentino Louise has been mentioned. But I know not every player goes for the release clause, but 105 million, 110 million pounds, they're not going to be signing in, you know. But again, if they could get that price down to something a bit more reasonable, he might be interested. But again, that he's not someone that's high on the list because he's not. They haven't got time to be messing about. They no. can't be going for players who they just think well, we've got no chance of getting them. They need to start moving now, and I think that's probably. My own hunch is that that's probably why the Fabinho thing's taken a little bit longer. I think they're using the opportunity to go, well, we'll let you go when we re- we know quite well we're almost certainly going to get not as much one player in, but we know there's two players there we can get. We've got to decide between those two. Mm-hmm. So that's my own individual opinion. I've got no, you know, that, that's just through years and years and years of covering, covering it and knowing the way things work. So that'll be my guess. But Fabinho is going to go. Henderson... Whether he should go is a completely different podcast. We could talk about that for about five hours, I reckon. Uh, my own personal view is no, not really. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is going to be interesting. But it's a headache that Klopp just could. He just didn't want it, did he? He just no. didn't want it. He just thought, great. Uh, last preseason was difficult because it was all you know condensed and there wasn't a big break. Loads of players got injured. Loads of players were missing. All this, that, and the other. And now he's, uh, he's thinking, oh, I've got nearly everybody back together. And oh, no, look what's happened. So yeah. such is the manager's lot. Yeah, thanks as ever to Ian there. And yeah, some interesting names to add to that list. And I think it's safe to say that Liverpool have been caught out a little bit by this Fabinho exit stuff. So you're going to see a whole load of different potential options over the coming days. Liverpool just need to find out exactly who is the perfect fit. Um, Next up is another conversation I had, actually, and this was an interesting one. This was with football agent Gerald Sago, who... His footballer, Pape Bemba Diop, who plays his football in Belgium at the moment and looks like he will definitely be on the move this summer, he told me about conversations that he'd had with the Liverpool scouting team about the young Senegalese midfielder. We're here to talk about one very talented young footballer, uh, Pape Bemba Diop, um, obviously a young man you know very well, and his future and what could be happening. Because last week I spotted a conversation that you had um, regarding his future and talking about a conversation that you'd had with Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, you can tell us any more about it and where we're at? Well, what I can say is that um, we did have preliminary conversations with uh, with a member of the, the scouting team in, from Liverpool. This was in Paris sometime in March this year. Uh, we had a two-day conversations at a hotel and we discussed, um, they were inquiring generally about Pap, about Pap Demba, about, um, about his status, about uh, what he's up to, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. 
Um, we we just exchange information and we we explain to them his contract length. We explain to him the the project that we want for the young boy, mm-hmm. and um, and also the boy's ambition and his personal his personal um, objectives in, in 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 the game. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned there, young boy, he's only 19, of course, still. And if you had to sort of describe him as a player, for those who've not seen him, because obviously he's playing in Belgium at the moment, how would you sort of describe him? What type of midfielder is he? What is he very good at? Where does he need to learn? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'll say is he's an all-action midfielder, very similar to, um, I'm not saying they're the same players, but very similar to Steven Gerrard, all-action, uh, box-to-box midfielder, can defend, can attack, and scores goals from midfield. This is one of his, uh, his best attributes. Um, the boy scores goals from midfield, you know. Um, he always rises to the occasion when it matters. And also he has big shoulders, so he takes responsibility for, a te- for his teams. Um, whether they're needing a goal or whether they're needing a, a vital assist, the boy takes yeah. a vital responsibility. So that's that's pretty much him in a nutshell in terms of his characteristics as a player. As a person, he's a hugely ambitious, ambitious young boy. He wants to, in the next 10 years, he wants to be one of the best players in in, in European football. And um, of course, if you want to be one of the best players in European football, you've got to play for one of the biggest clubs in in, in the world, you know. Uh, but this is his ambitions and he's and he's working very hard. And, um, and that's him as a nutshell. Excellent, excellent, excellent mentality he has. Yeah, good to hear, mate. It sounds exciting. And you mentioned goals from midfield there. He scored five goals in six games at the under-20s AFCON. He scored four goals in three games in pre-season as well. So very exciting. Yeah, exactly. He had a pre he had a pre-season yesterday as well. He didn't start for the pre-season game. He came on and he scored uh, he scored again. He scored the, the last goal of, of his team's of his team's three goals. So yeah. Tells you a lot about his character. You know? Yeah, 100% it does, yeah. And obviously you have got a big role to say in his future. You know, you're very much leading his direction and stuff like that as his agent. So would you say there's a good chance that he moves on this summer, whether it be Liverpool or elsewhere? Because I think I'm right in saying Zulta Waragem struggled a little bit last year. So for his own development, does he need to make a move, would you say, this summer? I think so, yes, for sure. Um, we have had a few conversations with some big clubs um, of course, Liverpool included. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for sure, I think that the best move for him would be to move probably in this window um, because uh, he's, of course, no disrespect to his current club, but I think that the boy can play at, at a higher level. Last year, the club struggled. They got relegated. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that his level is above that, to be honest with you. It's above the second division of Belgium. So, you know, he loves the club, but he knows also that he can do better you know, so we are we are working on 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 the best the best deal possible for him, but it's yeah. got to be the right project. Yeah, of course, you yeah, know? of course it does. Yeah, um, just on the Liverpool perspective, obviously you mentioned you had sort of preliminary conversations there. Do you expect there to be any more conversations? Were they positive talks? And can you see something else happening further down the line? Because. Liverpool, as you know, are going through a big summer themselves, like a huge summer rebuild. You know, Jordan Henderson, Fabinho could be on the way out. Do you expect something else to happen, perhaps? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the beginning, when we had our conversations, uh, at the time, they were linked to Jude Bellingham. So it was sort of between Jude Bellingham and and, and Pab Demba. But of course, Jude Bellingham ended up going to Real Madrid. 
And then now with Jordan Henderson and Fabinho looking to to move elsewhere. And then obviously James Milner has also left Liverpool. It leaves a huge gap for, mm-hmm. for, for midfield reinforcements for Liverpool. I mean, the the representative that uh, that we had conversations with, he really, really likes Pap Demba. He really loves his style of play. And the only issue is his international uh, caps. As you know, um, as a if you're if you're coming from certain a certain country, you need to have enough international caps for the year in order to play in order to move to the Premier League. So we may possibly be looking at a a uh, possibly a buy but loan, you know. But we never know. We never know. I can only just say that talks are ongoing, and uh, and we'll see as as things progress. Yeah, of course. So if you had to sort of just finally, if you had to sort of make a prediction for what happens next, you would say there will be a move somewhere in Europe potentially this summer? No, most definitely. Most definitely will be a move. Yeah. Most definitely. And what, what sort of fee are you looking to get? I mean, Zolta obviously holds some cards. You mentioned the contract earlier. How long's left on his current deal there? He's got, well, until 2024. Okay, contract. oh, a year left. Okay. And what sort of fee are you looking for? Do you know? Between, I can't really say the figure. To be fair, That's I want to, but I, I cannot. You know, That's all good. no problem at all. And but yeah, you would, you would then say he will definitely be moving on this summer. Then, yeah, yeah, no, he will be, he will do. But but Liverpool are very are keeping an eye on him. And um, what I can say in 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 regards to that also is, we've had conversations also with the Senegalese uh, national team, and they are looking to to bring in. Pap Demba for the next AFCON, which will be the next January. So, I mean, it looks good because the boy would then get international experience. Therefore, it would be an easier move to come into the into England, into the Premier League, if mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah, of course. We'll yeah. yeah, we'll definitely see, mate. Yeah, following the footsteps of Salif Diaw and Sadio Mane that have gone before him, of course. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, no, mate, honestly, absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thanks very much for your time. Um, and yeah, let's see what happens. One to keep an eye on, I think, from a Liverpool perspective, definitely. Yeah, so very interesting stuff there. Clearly a player that the Reds have earmarked as one of the options. Whether anything comes with it remains to be seen, but it's come straight from the horse's mouth and the agent, so who knows what could transpire there. And finally, another conversation that I've had this week, despite being away in Germany, I've still managed to get myself onto weekly a few times, which is which is nice. Um, I've just this moment spoken to Neil Jones once again, and we discussed the possible possible future of Liverpool's midfield, what it may look like, as well as all the stuff from Karlsruhe. But our primary focus was the potential to go and make a move for seemingly Chelsea-bound Moises Caicedo, plus those Czech Decore rumours. Take a listen. Placement-wise, the, the latest name is uh, Czech Decore, obviously Crystal mm. Palace. Um, he's really emerged in the past few days and there have been a £70 million price tag placed on him. Uh, Sammy Rockwell, Daily Mail, did a report on this. So Palace would sort of start their bidding, if you like, at £70 million, <laughs> which is interesting because how I read the piece was is sort of the Declan Rice fee, in in essence, has kind of muddied the waters a little bit. Yeah. What's your take on it? Yeah, uh, well, not just that. I mean... Enzo Fernandez being another example early in, in the year, but the, the fact that everyone knows what Liverpool need, you know, you, you sort of, you, you can play hardball with Liverpool because if they've got nobody to do the job that they need them to do, then they're going to have to sort of push the button somewhere, aren't they? And I mean, I, I've said to you just before we came on air, really, that the core is not one who's, I wouldn't say he's, a, he, he's really come onto my radar in the last 12 months. I know he, I know he, 
Palace think highly of him and he's done he's done well, you know, albeit in a side that let's not forget was was in danger of relegation before it changed its manager, you know. It was it was the the, the the most out of form team in the, the turn of the year and cost Patrick Vieira's job. Doing some checks on, on him, I think he is definitely a name that Liverpool are, are looking at or you know, is, is sort of is in, in the mix. He'd be an interesting sign in the sense of I think there'd be questions over him on the ball. I think off the ball he would that he would add a lot and you know, the way it was sort of the, the questions I or the, the sort of conversations I had with people was about he'd be really good in terms of stopping transitions and, and stopping that problem that was there last last season with Liverpool being too easy to play through. So, you know, Fabinho at his best was was brilliant at that. You know, he's he's of that ilk, you know, stopping counter-attacks, winning the ball back. The question would be on, you know, when you're going from, I, I mean, I wouldn't know, but I'd imagine you'd be having twice as many touches of the ball, at least, you know, his pass completion would have to be sort of 85, 90%. Um, and you'd have to sort of have that progressive pass in, in you as well, which, you know, he wasn't known for it, but Fabinho did have that, that diagonal or that little clip pass in the in behind. Um, so that would be the question mark over him. Obviously, 70 million is a, bit, a big price tag. I think Palace played 20, around yeah. around 24 a year ago. So it's a big markup. Um, but like I say, Liverpool, when Liverpool ring you now, you know what they're after, don't you? They're after, they're after a, a deeper midfielder. And if you've got one that you don't, have to sell hasn't got a release clause then you can you can demand what you want for him can't you and I think um, Liverpool will find that I mean I had a really interesting conversation with someone on Wednesday morning and it was you know you'd ask that question look everyone's asking it really I think you probably must have asked it to all your mates and all the people that you bumped into in, in Germany who would you go for who would you buy who would be the one and the answer I got from someone was just Liverpool have to go for the best. They ha- they have to try and get the best, and 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 if that means that they look, you know, that means they have to risk ringing the wrong, ringing up someone and being told you mess and go away. You know, so be it. You know, that's 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 the sort of aim. Of it. I think back to sort of twelve months ago. United would Liverpool sign Casemiro now? Do you do you think because? If this was the situation, I would say absolutely that was the, that would be the one. But would Liverpool do it? That's the question. You know, would they go and buy twenty nine, thirty? Yeah, yeah. You know, on a, on a long term contract. Pro, you know, history tells you probably not. But that would be the level. You know, I, I think that's the level that they need to sort of try and look at. And who that is, it's difficult. You know, Chiumeni has been linked. I, I think it, it looks unlikely he comes out of Real Madrid. But you need to ask the question. Absolutely. Moises Casado is at, at Brighton. Looks like he, you know, Chelsea are in, in the front of the, the queue. Can you get into Moises Casado and look say, look, you're our man. You know, can can we can we get something done? Similar to sort of when Virgil Van Dijk left Southampton, where Liverpool did the groundwork to make sure that he only wanted to come to Liverpool. Can can they do that with someone like Casado? You know, there's links with Joshua Kimmich. I think that pretty much unlikely, but you know, players like that who maybe aren't your sort of your classic. Your classic signings, they're the ones I think Liverpool really needs to sort of look at, look and try and get in. I suspect they probably won't. I think they'll probably look at more that some is. of the names we're going to we're going to talk about. But I that was that was the conversation I had with someone who was like they need to move away from that sort of um, norm if you like. And I I agree with that. I think I think this is a summer because of the disruption it's caused mm. and because of the sort of the time 
constraints on it now where the season's coming in so quickly and it's so unexpected I think you sort of have to go for the you know the glamour if you like the glamour signing and the, the one that you can sort of say well he will be he will be good enough it, you know okay we might need to fix, fit him into the system we might need to teach him our ways but in terms of we know that he's of that level it's not a question of we have to do all that and we don't know yet whether they're quite good enough no absolutely yeah and it's interesting that sort of you're right, because it is a pretty unprecedented situation. We weren't planning for this to be the case, and therefore you need to be reactive. And Liverpool being reactive in transfer windows isn't necessarily the way we like to go about our business. We'd like to have a list of targets sort of already drawn out, and we'll go and get them if we can. If not, we'll move on. But like you say, losing Fabinho sort of on the eve, certainly yeah. a pre-season, yeah. if not the season, means you do have to think a little bit differently and go about your business a little bit differently. And I, I feel like the, the Caicedo one makes a lot of sense. Obviously, we've already got McAllister, so there's no sort of issues yeah. in terms of him settling in as well. So it'll be interesting to see how we go about I, it. And I think he's the best. I, I mean, I look at it. I think, I mean, listen, Tumaney, okay. I haven't seen as much of Tumaney, but Liverpool thought he was the best 12 months ago, yeah. so you have to put him in, in that bracket. But if I... If you, I mean, you've got a list here. That we've all seen the names of of, of Gravenberg and Amrabat and Calvin mm-hmm. Phillips and Lavia. Casado is far above those, in my opinion, as a player and and also as a fit. You know, you look at he's played at right back. He's he's sort of got that. He gets about the pitch. He's twenty one. You know, I know it's a small sample size in terms of his Premier League career. I think it's probably less than fifty games mm-hmm. in the Premier League, but he is clearly. I, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think there's any doubt that he's of that level. He's, he's, he's going to play in the Champions League. He's going to be good enough to play at the high end of the Premier League for the next five, six years, more. So he is, for me, he's the best um, player and the best fit for Liverpool at this moment. So it's just a question of whether whether you can sort of, whether they're willing to, to go in. You're not going to outbid Chelsea. You know, you, you can't blow Chelsea out the water with your bid because Chelsea will will match it and they have got the, the capability of matching it but can you do it in the sort of the sell to the player and saying look you know don't go to Chelsea and Pochettino will be sacked in three months time you know and you'll be you, you won't have a clue look at Cookeray hey, you know he's not kicked on you know, can you can you get in that in the player's sort of side yeah, yeah. and do that kind of thing that might be the only chance they've got with, with someone like that but I I don't get any encouragement that Liverpool will or have been doing that or you know are going to do that Um Unfortunately, because I think it'd be the it'd be the perfect sign. I actually wrote it at the start of the summer, funny enough, before I left goal. I wrote that and it was before McAllister and signed. It was like Casado is the one that you know, if you if you give Liverpool fans one midfielder this summer, it'd be it should it should be him because he's the one who changes so much and adds so much to the team. Yeah, and it, like I say, it does look like he will move on. So Liverpool really should be within that race. I just want to say as well, the core is under contract at Palace until twenty twenty seven. So obviously, having only signed last summer, and they really do hold all the cards. Yeah, I, I, and, and future. Palace have got you know, they haven't they haven't sold any of their assets. Really. I know that Wolf Sahar has obviously left on a free. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not even sure. Is that has that been confirmed that he's, he's not going to come back? He's, well, not, not still trying to get, get him. A contract. Yeah, yeah they're still trying to get around, him potentially. Yeah. But they've got obviously Eze and Olise and and people like that. That they're sort of Tariq Mitchell, Mark Gay, who they they clearly could sell. They haven't sold anyone yet, have they? I'm not sure how much sort of business they've been doing incoming. Mm. But you know, there probably would be an expectation that Palace would let one of their sort of big assets go if you like and it, it could be to the quarry but as I say if they were to let Olise leave then that, that removes the, the possibility or it reduces the possibility of another one going doesn't it you know, we saw that at Liverpool in, with Gakpo in, in January there was 
the reason they went so early in January for Gakpo was because they fought Madueke, uh and Sangare, who's, who's I think he's been linked with someone in the Premier League recently, maybe West Ham. Probably West Ham. Yeah, nice, yeah. yeah um, they, they were feared that they would go, and that would sort of reduce their chances of getting Gakpo. So, mm. yeah, it's um, definitely one to keep an eye on. Decore, it's an interesting name. It's not one that I expected to, to prop up. It's a pop up, sorry, no. um, but it's definitely it's definitely a live name. Yeah, it's weird as you alluded to a moment ago. Like can I say those two years younger than him, and it doesn't feel like you have to pay much more than seventy. Maybe the yeah. seventy million fee sort of surprises Liverpool. We go well, bang on. If we pay fifteen twenty million extra, we get Caicedo for that. So perhaps that might change uh, change the approach. Yeah, thanks again to Neil there, and again I'm sure you'll agree that's been a brilliant Redmen Weekly. Thanks everyone for listening to our Liverpool's future for the midfield special. Now, if you want to check out all those shows in full, make sure you head to redmenplus.com sign up as a captain or a legend you'll get all that content plus all the other boss content that we do week in week out here at redmen yeah until next time take it easy i'll speak to you again soon tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.